This is Welcome to Dylan's House, our family's real-life story navigating autism and how it inspired us to pay it forward. Join us, meet us, give back. Dylan'sHouse.org. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dylan's House, our family's unscripted, real, and raw story of navigating autism and how it inspired us to pay it forward. I am Kevin Shope. I am here with my amazing wife, Amy. Say hi. Hi. Amazing Amy. Amazing Amy. There was a book about that. Was there? Amazing. She did kill her husband, though, so. Okay. Sorry. Well, well, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll just let that one pass. Thank you for joining us. So we are here today to talk about actually a request from one of our followers. Yes. But before we get to that... Just wanted to remind everyone, if you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe and follow. If you haven't already, please check us out on social media. We are Dylan's House on Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok. This is Dylan's House on Instagram. We'd love it if you would take the opportunity to go in and like and follow our pages. And you can also learn more about us and how you can join us, meet us, give back at our website, dylanshouse.org. So we actually put, knowing we were going to come into the studio here and record some episodes, we actually put it out in our social media and ask our followers, are there any topics, questions, subjects that they would like us to talk about on the podcast? And we got several responses. So thank you, followers, for that. We did get one that we were going to address today, though, and that was from one of our followers, uh, Samantha. And Samantha's request, and I'm stalling here a little bit, Amy, looking for it so you could fill yes. here. Yes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't I know that you have to read so, it. So our follower, Samantha, um, her comment was she would like to know anything we can share about the schooling situation. How did you know it was time to switch and any resources that you used? It's a good one. So, Amy, I'm going to let you start at the beginning. This might be more than one episode. It might be, but we'll see how it goes. Start at the beginning. So, we had briefly talked about before, but in case you haven't listened to us before, Dylan, the beginning of the story is that Dylan basically got kicked out of any sort of program that he was in. He started out when he was born being watched by my grandmother for two years. I'll just go way back to the actual beginning. Okay. Then we had some in-home care, a couple random girls that watched him in our home when he was in the two to three age range. And then I put him in traditional daycare. Because it was just easier with trying to find caregivers. And, you know, at that point, keep it, we really didn't know anything. We didn't have a diagnosis. I didn't really even hardly suspect anything. He started going to daycare. And I would go pick him up and it would be, you know, he's been, he didn't talk. He's been pushing kids down, biting them. So he didn't get kicked out of that first daycare. I decided to move him. When Anderson was born, there was a brand new, am I allowed to say the name? I mean, what? there was a brand new Goddard school. Mm -hmm. Anderson's 20. She was born so 20 years ago. So I went to visit them. I told them very honestly about Dylan. He didn't talk. He 
can run away. He's not toilet trained, all these things. Oh, they were fine with it. They wanted him and Anderson. About two weeks in, the owner called me and said, we can't handle him. You know, we don't have the staff. He's climbing out the window. He's running out the door. They were like shocked. They said, we have these locks on the doors like no one's ever been able to get out. And he's, well, they hadn't met Dylan yet. So anyways, flash forward, he started going to a preschool program through the county. And that went as well as could be expected because they knew it was for six individuals with special needs, six typical. He went there until he went to kindergarten at Canfield. He went to CH Camel. We had all the meetings. Everybody knew. I remember being devastated because they were putting him in what was called at the time the MH classroom, which was the most severe that um, they felt he would fit the best in. So a couple of things here before you continue. First of all, this was how many years ago? 17, well, he was six eight. when he started, and he's going to be 23. So math on air, years 17 years. Yeah. So this was 17 years ago. So, you know, we mentioned the school district, but I also want to mention, yeah, this was 17 years ago, and I, I feel like things are a lot different now Yes. than they were then as far as – you know, an understanding of autism. And so this was our experience for 17 years ago. A lot of opportunity for things to be better for autistic kids today, but as far as schooling, but I think it's a lot different now than it was 17 years ago. It is. And a lot of these individuals that might come up and I won't say their names are not anywhere around. Yeah. I think some of no. them aren't even in an education anymore. No, no names, please. All right. Let's <laughs> I stick don't know to if that. that was Dylan's let, fault. Let's stick to that role. Yes. But, um, and then the other thing is, and I'll let you continue, but, you know, you mentioned Dylan, you know, being in the public school system, kindergarten in Canfield, and then being in what was, I don't know how you, not most severe, not lowest, but the most. Well, it was like the MH classroom right. was that had the most, like he wasn't really going to leave that classroom. He wasn't going to be integrated with his typical peers. Right. And I just, didn't like that. Well, I didn't either. And, and and now looking back on it, I don't know why I felt this way at the time, but at the time it was I was almost surprised. Like I would like wasn't expecting that. Because I didn't think that there was <clears throat> right. And I mean, in the teacher's defense, they had individuals in there with cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, you know, multiple diagnosis, in wheelchairs, mm-hmm. other individuals Dylan's age that had autism. You know, one teacher, mm-hmm. several aides, a pretty difficult caseload. And Dylan appeared typical. And then they would turn their back and he would be, you know, outside in the parking lot, like running in front of a bus. Elopement was a huge issue huge at that point. issue. Yep. He tried to climb out windows and, you know, they could. So he went to Canfield for kindergarten and in first grade, the calls started coming to me weekly that I needed to come pick him up. I remember one day the principal called me at the time, 17 years ago, and was not nice. And I was walking into a meeting with a huge client and he said, you need to come get him right now. He's hurting my teachers. He pushed another student. We have him secluded in like a room and you need to come pick him up immediately. Well, I didn't, I did because I didn't know any better. I canceled my appointment. I left work at like 
one and went and picked up Dylan. And this pattern happened a few times until they called us in for a meeting. I think they made it under the guise of it was an IEP meeting. And they basically told us at that meeting, they basically kicked Dylan out. They Mm -hmm. said, we can't handle him. This is public school. I thought things were finally going to get easier in life when he went to school because you just assume your kids go to school and they have a right to go to school and they're not going to get kicked out unless they, you know, try to, I mean, there's plenty of things nowadays that they could probably do it. So we decided on our own to talk to some of the other schools and we entered into an arrangement with potential development, which again, 17 years ago, it was a good place for Dylan, but Mm -hmm. 17 years ago, you know, they're, they were in an older um, facility. They weren't where they are now, different people. And, and actually it was a bit of a relief when he was at potential development because they knew how to handle him. And potential development was a school specifically for autistic students in Youngstown, Ohio, where we right. live. He had a, it's a fancy- school that still exists yes, today. And they're amazing. Are great partners of ours. And yes, but I just, for those not familiar, I wanted to be yes. clear that he was going from the public schools in kindergarten and first grade, you know, and again, when you think about it now, and I kind of forgot about it, but he was in a room that had students with all kinds of special needs. Right. Right. And like you said, one teacher, and I think when you said hurting, I think they said that, you know, and Dylan had behaviors and he was aggressive, but I think they said that he, you know, I don't think he did it purposely, but kicked the t- the pregnant teacher yes. in the stomach. Yes. Wasn't that one of the things? Yes. That- and she was going to, right. She was in the hospital. She took right. herself to the hospital to make sure the baby was okay. Right. It was a bad situation. Right. We didn't have an attorney. We didn't have an advocate. But, but, but it's a situation that, you hope wouldn't exist 17 days later, right? Where even in the public school, they have all of those different types of, you know, not the resources, not be prepared to handle autistic kids with behavior. So I think a lot of that has changed over the years. It was no secret. We didn't try to hide anything that Dylan did. Right. So we on our own, we did not do the autism scholarship we worked out an arrangement, you know, in the state of Ohio that they had. We worked out an arrangement with the school district. Everything was a fight, even like transportation and things that you didn't know. Like, you know, they had to transport him. That was his right. So somewhere along the line of him being at potential development, I wasn't unhappy with it. But as a mother, always looking for what is the best place for him to be, I said to his neurologist, what is the best school around even within an hour for dealing with behaviors like Dylan's and they had just started kids link in Twinsburg, but she didn't even so because she's such a fantastic person. She actually sent me to some big autism schools in Cleveland sent you and I, Mm -hmm. The Monarch School, I think, maybe the Cleveland Clinic School. Cleveland Clinic School, yep. So I called and I set up visits with these two schools. And then we did have a visit with KidLink, which was brand new. They had, I I probably don't have this exactly right, but it seemed that they had like 10 students at the time. It wasn't big at the time. It was very small. And again, these were all schools specifically for autistic students. With behaviors. With behaviors in Northeast Ohio. And they were all at least an hour plus drive from where we lived. Yes. And the tuition was upwards of $70,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So I said to his neurologist, how do you get him placed in a school like this? 
So basically, the short answer was get an attorney, mm-hmm. which so I then wanted to find the best special needs attorney, and I did. And we hired a really good attorney in the Cleveland Beachwood area. Fantastic. And I called her up one day and she said, she's a very direct person. She obviously couldn't take every single person that came her way. I needed to send her all this information from Dylan's schooling. And she pretty much said, it's, I'm probably not going to take your case. I'm sure she had so many phone calls. So I sent her everything she needed, IEP meetings, any documentation I have of Canfield schools. And she called me back like the next day and wanted to know when we could come meet her. So Kevin and I drove to Beachwood to meet with her, and we started um, dealing with Canfield schools to get Dylan placed. And he eventually was placed at KidsLink around 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. So this was not like a short process. Talk a little bit more about that process of getting him placed at KidsLink and kind of the... Well, I mean, it was basically, and I'm, you know, obviously not an attorney, but it's completely different when you're dealing with a school district. You don't take them to court, but it's called due process. Mm -hmm. And so you request that, you know, the best placement for Dylan, a fair and appropriate education, you know, this is the school that we want him to go to. And again, 10, 12, 15 years ago, it was pretty pricey. And like Kevin mentioned, it was also an hour away. Mm Mm-hmm. So when it got, we had to go to mediation with Canfield Mm -hmm. and again, completely different administration than that's there now. We were in a room, Kevin and I, and our attorney, special services director in a room with their attorney kind of going back and forth Mm -hmm. like a mediation would do. And we ended up reaching an agreement with them that they would place Dylan at KidsLink, they would start him in their summer program. KidsLink goes year-round, but they operate with some different breaks. You know, they take two-week breaks at different times. And so their summer session, you know, they'd go for like, he's been out for like a year, but they'd go for four weeks, take a two-week break, go for four weeks. So they got him into this summer session. But the agreement we reached with them was that we would provide the transportation. We would pay for and provide the transportation. So we hired my dad, who was alive at the time and close with Dylan and pretty much retired. We actually bought him a car, mm-hmm. bought him a little SUV because that was he was like a bus driver. He picked up Dylan. School was 9 to 2.30. He would pick up Dylan at 8. He would drive him to Twinsburg, drop him off. He'd come back home. He'd leave his house. He'd go pick him up. So we did that. And unfortunately, my dad passed away. So we reached another agreement. And that's when Canfield actually really stepped up and said they would provide the transportation, Mm -hmm. which was two people in a minivan to be able to handle Dylan that would pick him up. And there were different times over the years that Dylan had other individuals ride with him. And he always loved that. But a lot of the time, it was just him going back and forth to KidsLink for about... 12 years. Mm-hmm. And so I guess when I think of what we learned through all this process, right, looking back on it, and again, things I think are better now than they were. I still don't think they're what they should be. But we had to fight for everything 
when it came to Dylan and schooling goes. Thank goodness we found a really good attorney who really knew what she was doing and was familiar with this area. But I, because I think, you know, originally you think, oh, you know, it's your school district or it's your county or it's your state. Like, you know, it's an authority figure and, you know, we can't challenge that, right? You know, they're telling us this. It must be true, right? Exactly. This is all they can do. Like, you have to do this. You have to do that. You know, I would just tell people listening in similar situations, like, just don't accept that, right? And like I said, we were very fortunate just to have the luck to be put in touch with the right person, people, the right attorney. But I, I remember meetings and, and mediations that we had with our attorney in the school district. And, you know, she was good. Like, they were shaking in their boots, right? Like Every <laughs> year. I think so she even made one person cry at one She point, made a couple so. of people cry. Yeah. So every year at Dylan's IEP meeting... Mm-hmm which would be like in April, I would be, I'm not kidding, sick to my stomach because every year Mm -hmm. until the last two or three years, they would fight with us to pull him back. And that might be something maybe we should have explained that. So when they agreed that he could go to KidsLink where he needed to be at that point and that they would, you know, pay the cost of that, the school district... That was on a year-by-year basis. Yes. It wasn't for like, okay, we approve it. He can go there till he's done with school. This was a battle that we had to fight every year, and it was a big stressor for us every year that something was going to happen, and they weren't going to continue to send them there. Right. So every year we would have to have our attorney at the IEP meeting, documentation, and we would actually get in a fight with the school district every single year to get him replaced there and, you know, still provide transportation till it got to the point that Dylan was old enough that I don't mean they didn't want him back because they would not have been able to handle him. So the last couple years, I wasn't quite as worried, but it was a struggle. They wanted to put it, bring him back and, you know, not even have him in the Canfield school district, put him at like a different county facilities Yes. Right. That wasn't specific to autism. That didn't have the same resources. And well, that's when she made him cry. So Dylan was going to KidsLink, which they focus on ABA, Applied Mm -hmm. Behavior Analysis, which has been proven and has worked, you know, very well. And they had all the documentation. I mean, Dylan was doing so fantastic at school. And they wanted to bring him back to a school in Mahoning County that a building that was closed. No one was in the entire building. They were using like two rooms. They were going to put Dylan, who was probably sick, 15, 16 at the time, with two, you know, seven and eight-year-old children. And, you know, when the attorney asked, like, what are you going to provide for him? For tra-? They were like, well, we're gonna, we have a playground. We're going to take him outside. And that's when she made it. She said, what are you going to do? Push him on the swings like he's 15. Mm-hmm. So it was things like this every single year that we had to fight about just to keep him there. And I agree with Kevin, if you're listening, and I get phone calls all the time, maybe not even just directly about schooling, but housing and uh, waivers, caregiver support, respite. Unfortunately, and it's kind of this way with everything in life, but especially as an autism parent, you really have to fight for every little thing that you want. Mm -hmm. And you can't fight if you don't know it exists. Mm -hmm. Well, no, that's the other point, too, is right. So don't just assume 
that you know the school your child's in or your or your school district is the best place for him right you really have to ask a lot of questions do a lot of research see what else is out there and then if you find a better place it's something you're going to have to fight for and now we're so blessed here in Mahoning County where we live and mm-hmm. I mean there are some fantastic schools there are I mean really top-notch facilities that weren't yep. around so I mean Correct. there's there's so many options but I don't think that the awareness is completely there yet mm-hmm. anything we're missing as far as answering our followers question about school and how to get there I mean it just there's so many steps I do know that there are a lot of parent advocates out there that can also help so if you just need someone to come to the IEP meeting with you it can be very overwhelming Mm -hmm. and I think like for Kevin and I when we first went to one I mean you don't know what that is you're we were early 30s and you don't realize that you you need to like fight for every single thing in that IEP, which is Individualized Education Plan. So I think for anyone that might stumble upon this and be listening, whether you're at the beginning of your journey with a young child or you're somewhere in the teenage years, which can be really stressful, reach out to as many people as you possibly can and know that maybe the best placement for your child is not like the neighborhood school district. Very well said. Well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up there for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please follow us on social media again on Facebook, Dylan's House. This is Dylan's House on Instagram. And one thing you can follow on there, some exciting news. you got some exciting things coming up uh, with our nonprofit uh, during the month of April. So we have an educational event uh, here in the Youngstown area on April 10th. Um, And our theme for that event is autism transitioning into adulthood. And then we also have uh, one of our favorite things of the year, our annual fundraiser, our Sunday fun day. And that is on April 28th. Um, And a lot of fun and exciting things happening with that. So more on those things to come. But uh, if you do check out our our social media, you'll be able to see some details on that. And as always, to learn more about us and join us, give back, visit our website at dylanshouse.org. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Welcome to Dylan's House was made possible by our partnership with Dandelion Inc. Follow our journey at Dylan's House on Facebook and TikTok. This is Dylan's House on Instagram. And learn more about us at dylanshouse.org. If you like our stories at Welcome to Dylan's House, please subscribe, like, and share.